When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Get Booked Podcast, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This is episode 162, and we are recording on January 2nd. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with Amanda Nelson, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. And it's 2019! What, what? 2019! I don't know. How did that, how did that even happen? Song. <laughs> we needed a song, I guess. I don't know what day it is, nope. <laughs> or where I am, or what's happening. Same, same. So that's fun. I didn't realize that this was like a common thing, but I have always had a lot of trouble with the week between Christmas and the first week of the year. Like time ceases to exist Mm -hmm. in that week. Um, And I thought it was just me, but now we have the internet and memes. And I saw so many memes about like, where are we? Is is it Monday? Is it Friday? I don't know. So apparently this is universal, which makes me feel better. Yeah. Even when I was working retail and like had to work, you know, that like I would get mm-hmm. like Christmas and maybe a day before or after off, but otherwise I was just working, working. Um, it still was weird because, you know, who knows what day of the week Christmas is. So you get this mm-hmm. random, usually, you know, often more often than not, because it's how time works. It's a weekday. <laughs> and so you're just like, okay, it is it. And it just, it kind of doesn't matter what day of the week because everybody's schedule is thrown off. And Mm -hmm. now that, you know, our offices are closed for the most part, I was just like, what is time? Yep. (laughs) I don't have to do anything? Well, I mean, I did have things to do, but it was mostly good stuff. So that was nice. But yeah. So Um, what are you reading? I am reading. I got it too late to be part of the big romance read that everybody did in December, Mm. I want to say it was. Um, But my library hold for Pride by E.B. Zaboy finally came in. And so I'm reading that, and it is a contemporary retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in Bushwick, which is a neighborhood in Brooklyn <laughs> that is being gentrified. And um, the main character, Zuri, lives on this block where, like, everybody knows everybody. And then across the way, there was this old, like, abandoned, rundown house that's been renovated. And they were all, like, trying to figure out who was moving in. You know, clearly rich people because it was, like, over a year, like, just totally redone top to bottom. And so the family who are a black, uh, like clearly very wealthy family, arrive and move in. And Zuri is like, she's like in late high school and she's having all these feelings about gentrification in her neighborhood and like these interlopers. And of course, there are two boys and they're very attractive. And like, mm. you can imagine how it goes. And it's such a cool thing to see. Like, this, you know, all of Jane Austen's novels are about class, right? Um, and it's cool to see it take on like a contemporary class issue. So I'm really enjoying that. What Have you, you gotten oh. Sonali Dev's retelling of Pride and Prejudice? Um, I have it on my e-reader. I haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I mean, it's like on a stack. It's called Pride and Prejudice and Other Flavors. Yes. Uh, and it comes out, I think, in May. I can't see the spine from here. But if y'all want to pre-order that, um, that's going to be awesome. I'm just I'm here for all anything. of the. I'm I'm here for yes. all of the Jane Austen Pride and Prejudice retellings. I just Me too. am, but yeah, especially from, from like multicultural exactly. perspectives. I think mm-hmm. that is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not reading anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, 
I, it's, what day is it? You know, like I pick up a book, I put it down, I forget where I am, I eat a fried chicken <laughs> nugget. I don't know what's happening. I'm not I mean, eating anything right now. Sounds like you're living right. So. I know. I mean, I, I mean, I'll get back into it today because it's time for that, yeah. but it's just not happening. And I am not sorry. No. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, also welcome. The show is, as I said before, a personalized reading recommendation show, which means you send us your questions about what you should read next, what your book club should read next, what you should give to a family member or friend. Any and all of those things, we will do our best to find you a good next book. Um, you can send us the questions either via email. It's getbooked at bookriot.com. Or you can send them in the form that's at the bottom of the show notes for every episode on the site at bookriot.com. If you have a time-sensitive question, please do put the date you're hoping for a response by either in the subject line of the email or the very first line of the form, like all caps, big letters. Make it real clear. We do our best to get to those as we can. If we think we're not going to get to a time-sensitive question on the air, um, we might email you a response. Or if you sent in a question that we've answered a couple times, we might email you as well. So keep an eye out for those. We have a little feedback from from last year. (laughs) Um, uh, It is from Anonymous Listener, who said Kathleen had asked for books that make her feel cold. Two I would recommend are The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden and Spinning Silver by Naomi. I mean, Novik. Yes, definitely cold books. Um, so we decided for this first show of 2019 that we were going to do resolution-related books, mm-hmm. uh, nonfiction specifically. So uh, that is what we're going to launch into. So before we do that, Amanda is going to tell us about our first sponsor. Alrighty, Our first sponsor is Night Chaser by Amanda Boucher, who you might recognize from her Kingmaker Chronicles series, which was a best an Amazon best book of 2016 and 2017 and and on so many best book lists NPR bustle um, and this is her new genre bender that is being pitched as Star Wars meets Robin Hood sci-fi fantasy romance so yes <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the main character's name is Tess, Captain Tess Bailey. She has a ragtag band of thieves, which I am so here for. They're all wanted criminals. And in true Robin Hood style, they steal from the rich and give to the poor. Her, hi- her heart obviously is in the right place, but, you know, the law exists, so she's getting into trouble. Uh, including with the very dreaded galactic overseer, Novalite. So she steals a top-secret military laboratory, the whole thing, and incites Novalite's rage. And her and her crew have to escape... Uh, and survive. They get docked onto a new planet where Tess encounters a tall, dark, and haughty bounty hunter named Shade, who of course has to decide if he wants to turn her over or, you know, win her heart. Um, BT Dobbs, tall, dark, and haughty is like my new trope favorite? That's a thing. Like, tall, dark, and mysterious is no. I need no mystery. Haughty is yes. (laughs) Tired, tall, dark, and mysterious. Wired tall, dark, and haughty. Anyway, so go check out Night Chaser by Amanda Boucher. Thank you for sponsoring the show. All right, I'm going to keep going. Resolution books. So um, we both tried to pick books uh, that would apply to the different resolutions that people commonly make um, that we have read and found helpful. So the first one that I picked is body-related. You know, if you're trying to feel better physically in the new year, I think something that people overlook a lot of the time when they're making resolutions about their physical body um, is sleep. 
which is super important. You're not going to lose weight if you don't get enough sleep. You're not going to, you know, your mental health is going to suffer. You're not going to get healthier. You just need, you need to sleep. So the book that I picked is Sleep Smarter, 21 Essential Strategies to Sleep Your Way to a Better Body, Better Health, and Bigger Success, what a title, um, by Sean Stevenson. I loved this book so much. It has completely changed the quality of my sleep. I was already sleeping like a decent amount. I sleep about eight hours a night every night um, anyway, but it was very broken. Like I was waking up a lot in the middle of the night for various and sundry reasons um, that I did not understand. And now I'm not. Like I just instituted a couple of the things in this book and now all of that is gone and I'm sleeping so much better. Um, The main one being blackout shades, Mm. which are life changing. I now Mm -hmm. sleep in a cave. Um, and I put in a humidifier, which I was like, why would I need this? But I wake up with like really dry mouth or coughing or whatever a lot of the time. And I didn't realize that's what was happening. So I put in a humidifier that went away. Um, there's really great info in here about the effects of screen, the lights on your screens before you go to bed and how to like, he's not suggesting don't look at the TV or your phone or your iPad ever before you go to sleep, but he gives you tips for how to change the light settings on your devices so that it's not that bright blue light and is instead uh, like an orange or red light, which is what our brains have adapted to, you know, start. That's the signal for us to start producing melatonin because sunset is those colors. Um, So I changed the screens of my phone. I changed the screens of my computer, um, like turning lights down in your house right before you go to bed, the things that you eat and drink before you go to bed, all of the, I like the alcohol. I didn't realize that especially with women, because we metabolize it so much faster. If you drink a lot, like more than two or three glasses of alcohol at night before you go to bed, you think, oh, I'm going to sleep so well because I am exhausted now. I've had two cups of wine and now I'm going to sleep forever. But you always wake up in the middle of the night. And I did. And I didn't make the connection. It's because your body's done metabolizing it and is like, okay, we're done. What's next? And then ding, you're awake and you can't fall back asleep. That happened to me all the time. So don't drink alcohol before you go to bed. Like all of these little things that you can um, change to sleep better, big impact. So that's Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. That sounds amazing. It's I so good. I'm a pretty good sleeper, but I'm going to have to get myself a copy of that. Also, like, books about health and improving your wellness by people of color. Yes, more of those. Yes. Movies. This is one of them. So, yeah. Well, speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am including a book that came out in the last year or so and is uh, Everybody Yoga by Jessamyn Stanley. And this really changed my life last year. Um, Jessamyn Stanley is a black woman. She's a body positive um part of the body positive community. She herself is, you know, she calls herself fat. Um and she is not your typical yogi. And her book, like she has Instagram and she's got classes on all of those different yoga class platforms on the internets and whatnot. So if you're on those, you can find her easily. Um, but her book is like dog-eared and the spine is like falling apart and the, there's stickies all over it because I have used it so much in the past year. And so if flexibility and like you know, connection to your body and muscle tone are important to you. I cannot recommend Everybody Yoga highly enough. Um, This book is great for so many reasons, partly because she does dig into the problems um, with like Western yoga, which is, you know, yoga itself is like a thousands of year old system that, you know, came to us from India um, by way of Hollywood, sadly. Mm -hmm. And she talks a lot about decolonizing yoga and like what it means to be a person of color in the yoga community and what issues we have, which I super appreciate somebody addressing um, a lot 
lot of yoga books, you know, just go into the health and wellness and mindfulness of it without talking about the much broader context. So I really appreciated that. And then she's also, it's like a little bit memoir-y. Like she's telling personal stories about how she came to yoga, about struggles with her weight and self-esteem um, and her health and, you know, friendships and all of these different things. Um and then she gives these really great, like, I'm looking, there's there's these charts for, like, what yoga styles should I blend together for the perfect practice? Or, like, what, you know, kinds of classes should I seek out if this is what I'm interested in? What are all of these different yoga styles? Like, what does it mean to go to a hot yoga class? Or what's, you know, kundalini versus vinyasa? Like, all of these mm-hmm. things she digs into. So it's really great in terms of primers. And then she has breakdowns of all of the basic poses and also includes some flows for different sort of effects. Um, and it's so useful, y'all. Like, the pictures are great. She has different bodies doing different poses so you can see what it looks like um, for, you know, because not everybody's body looks the same in a yoga pose. And it's really hard when you think, like, oh, my leg isn't bent at that angle or my back doesn't do that or I can't reach that. Like, it's not necessarily because you're doing it wrong. It might just be because your body is different from the person who's demonstrating it. So I really appreciated having all of these different body types doing these different poses and the flows are so good she's got sun salutations in there which are really great and really helpful but she's also got other kinds of practices and I just really I just found that this really kick-started me especially last year when I was kind of struggling to get to you know yoga classes and budgeting wise like if you don't have a ton of extra money to throw at yoga classes they can be really expensive um, so I think this is a great home practice as well as like a practice for anybody who just occasionally can't get to a class but loves yoga, like whatever level you're at, there's something in here for you. And I do also think she has some good words of advice for people who are just starting out, as well as some good reminders for those of us who have been practicing for a while. So I just really... Like, I, I just love it so much. I'm so, I just love it so much, as you can probably tell. Um, and I think that any kind of, like, runners could use yoga for cross-training. You know, you don't want to get shin splints or, like, plantar fasciitis, so you need to stretch. And, like, weightlifters, same thing. Like, everybody could use a little more flexibility no matter what your primary form of exercise is. And I think this is a great companion for that as well. So if fitness is the thing you're looking for, as well as, like, getting into your brain and your body at the same time, Time. Um, Everybody Yoga by Jessamyn Stanley is a must read. So, and it's and it's got a nice lay flat binding too, so you can do poses while looking at it, which I find very helpful. Oh, that's smart. Oh, it's so nice. It's like it's such a little thing, but it makes such a big difference. All righty. Um, okay, so the next one that I picked was for people who are doing minimalism related resolutions, or even maybe financial related resolutions. Um, And it is A Life Less Throwaway by Tara Button. Uh, I think that if you are making resolutions to clear clutter out of your house or to buy less crap that you don't need, uh, which ties into both minimalism and your finances, then this is a really great um, uh, accompaniment to to those sorts of resolutions. Um, Because Tara Button has a website called Buy Me Once, which I love, which is dedicated to curating products that are guaranteed to last a lifetime and that are not designed to become obsolete, which most of our products are. They are purposefully designed to break or to need updating or upgrading or um, to be impossible to fix yourself. 
um, so that you will constantly have to get stuck in that consumerism cycle of buying more stuff. Uh, and this book is about getting out of that cycle. So she covers everything from like tea kettles, <laughs> you know, to desks and your coats and uh, appliances. She doesn't really go into electronics because there's, you know, with your phone, like there's really nothing you can do about that. Those are designed to become obsolete. Sorry. Um, but changing your mindset really is what this book is about, uh, about how we consume things. And it starts from a really basic perspective of thinking about your style, which I think is really helpful because we get so, um, you know, caught up in trends. And I mean, like, remember tulip skirts? Those were a thing like, oh, yeah. like where are they now? Like what? And like two years ago, those weird sleeves were everywhere. Like I couldn't go into a store without prairie sleeve why like why this is not Anne of Green Gables I don't need puffed sleeves but they were everywhere um so she really helps you kind of nail your long-lasting style like your style underneath the way that you respond to trends the colors that you actually like um and will continue to like and the sort of um design things that really appeal to you that so that you can buy something that's going to last you 20-30 years and not ever really get tired of it and not feel the need to go out and continue to buy um crap that you don't you don't actually need and then she does have recommendations. She also talks a lot about the psychology of advertising, which I found really fascinating, and the way that advertising works on making us feel bad about ourselves, first and foremost, so that we need to buy a thing to fix it, uh, because there's nothing that humans want more than connection and acceptance, and so we will buy any amount of useless plastic crap uh, to, to, to get that feeling. Um, so it really is about breaking your connect, your like obsession with that kind of connection and like finding real connections in your life and accepting yourself in your life the way that it is so that you don't feel the need to go out and buy everything in the target dollar spot every two weeks, which I have done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sometimes that stuff's real cute. I'm just relatable. I mean, (laughs) I cannot live with it without being like 10 minutes away from a target. It's just, it's sad, but whatever. I'm getting better. So that is a life less throwaway. The lost art of buying for life by Tara Button. Nice. Um, So I have a complicated relationship, which I think a lot of folks do with resolutions and intentions and stuff, because, you know, there is like a self-improvement industrial complex in this country. Um, And some there, but there are also like some things that, you know, I just need to work on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so finding the right sort of headspace for those things, I think is super useful. And this book, which I know I raved about before on the show, I think on the show, I have raved about it in life um, last year has really helped me with that. It's Basic Witches by um, J.S. Xena and Jess Zimmerman. And this sound, I mean, I know you're like, you're like basic, which is <laughs> what um, it is a funny, really smart and really thoughtful book that theoretically has like spells in it, but they're like, they're about making intentions and then building a little bit of ritual or action around them so that they help to stick because it's one thing to have like a goal or an intention like I'm going to do this this year but it can be really hard to get yourself to the place where like that is possible or you know how to execute it or you like get your brain on board with it just in general um and so for example there is this one that's a spell to make peace with your body um and it just involves like you know modeling clay and a pencil and a sheet of paper and maybe like a 
toothpick or an exacto knife and it's about you know like making a little figurine and you know like thinking about how you see yourself and how you want to see yourself like it's they're they're not like there's no chanting you're not doing anything sky clad you know whatever like you don't need crystals um you might want to get some sage but otherwise like these are really sort of basic as it says ways to approach a problem or an intention or a goal um and make yourself uh sort of focused on it um and so there's things for like establishing boundaries or like thinking about what you want out of your next relationship or letting go of one that's not working for you anymore um you know dealing with social anxiety like all of these things you know feeling comfortable seeing a doctor like that's that's a thing that i definitely have gone back to um and it's just they're just these really well targeted little rituals built around helping ourselves do things more easily and more thoughtfully than we might otherwise. And there are also little bits and bobs about like, you know, witches throughout history and what does it mean to be a witch and, you know, actual like Wicca traditions and things like that and what this book is and what it isn't. So they're very thoughtful about, you know, how this fits into a sort of broader context in pop culture um, and in self-improvement ways. And the illustrations are really great. It's a really beautiful full book actually like it's a nice like hardcover it's got a really nice design um and it's got really lovely illustrations and i think it's just like two colors it's like purple and black and i just i just think it's so nice it's got a little ribbon like it's a really great gift to give to yourself or to a friend who might be open to this kind of thing and i just i don't know i find it so useful i find myself referring to it you know, in times of like, okay, I really need to get my head around this issue that I'm having. Like, how can I do that? And this is one of the tools that I keep in my back pocket for that kind of thing. So again, that is Basic Witches. The subtitle is How to Summon Success, Banish Drama, and Raise Hell with Your Coven. And that is by Jaya Saxena and Jess Zimmerman. Alrighty. Um, I also picked a book about intentions and intention setting, and it is The Desire Map by Daniel Laporte. And if you are the kind of person who is like, resolutions, bah, goals don't work for me, then I think that this is going to be useful for you. Because I'm the same way. Like, I don't respond well to being told what to do, even when it's me telling my own self what to do. It doesn't make any sense. Um, So The Desire Map is about figuring out the kind of life you want to live based on how you want to feel, as opposed to where you think you, quote unquote, should be or what you should or should not be doing so instead of like I need to lose 10 pounds so that's my resolution this would be like I want to feel strong so I'm going to go work out or whatever um, however you want to feel and that is surprisingly hard to nail down it's really really shocking I've done this uh, the the book is called the desire map and there's an accompanying workbook that comes with it that I have done every December for the past three years. And the first time that I did it, it was shocking to me how difficult it was to figure out how I wanted to feel in my life. Mm. Um, Because we don't spend really any time thinking about it. We spend a lot of time being told Mm -hmm. what our lives should look like. But but what do you actually, like what actually lights you up is like a hard thing to really nail down. And this book is, is so good at helping you cut away um, you know, the voices that aren't really your own, that, you, that you've taken on from, you know, your, your family of origin and, you know, social media and your friends and whatever, and peer pressure and your, your partner or, you know, whatever. Um, and and you've, you've got this idea in your head of how your life should be, but it, it's very likely not 
how you actually want to be feeling most of the time. Like if you want to feel super chill all the time, maybe you don't need a resolution that's like get 15 promotions, you know, (laughs) that's, that's probably not like in line with what actually lights you up, but actually lights you up might be taking a walk every day, you know? So like finding out those sorts of things of, of like crafting goals based on what's going to get you to feeling like, like, like your life is in alignment with, with how you want to feel every day is so much healthier, in my opinion, and so much um, more fulfilling than just making resolutions based on what everyone else is doing and, like, what you see other people doing on social media. Um, and I will tell you that this book and the one that I'm recommending next... No, not next. The last one that I'm recommending are pretty woo. Like, there is... <laughs> there's some woo here. There's, like, maybe talk about, like, the universe and some white light. You're going to do some visualization. Her way of speaking is very, like, um, yogi meets Keith Richards like she's very cursy and rock and roll but also very like woo and universal stuff whatever um so if you can if that kind of thing bothers you um I think this is a good entry point for that kind of vocabulary because she is so rock and roll and cursy um but just get over it like you can get past it the meat of what she's talking about here is really useful so if you can kind of move past the woo stuff if that bothers you then you know asterisks there. So that's the desire map by Daniel Laporte. <laughs> yeah, I I once I think Rebecca and I were once joking about like a woo scale. Like where does something fall on the woo scale? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like a five like five it's crystal like five ratings. Mm-hmm. She doesn't talk about crystals. There's no Palo Santo, so you know. There you go. <laughs> um all right, my next book, because I think we all have ambitions to get things accomplished um mm-hmm. in the new year of any kind is an an oldie but a goodie it's the checklist manifesto how to get things right by atul gawande and this book y'all i know it's been out for a while but if you have not revisited it lately you should and if you've never visited it you definitely should i'm just flipping through my copy again like i have highlighted things i have dog-eared pages i refer to this book more than once and i will say that i have read a lot of productivity books i'm not gonna lie to you um and like i went back and forth on whether or not i was going to recommend the updated edition which was like a came out a couple years ago of getting things done by david allen but i feel Mm. like if you are a productivity nut, you don't need me to tell you about that. And if you are not sort of yet in the pro- in feeling like you have uh, know the language and sort of the like the tools of productivity, then I think this is a really good starting place because it's not just about like make a checklist, check it regularly. Like those are, you know, the basics of honestly getting things done by David Allen boils down to three things like write everything down, look at it regularly and like if it takes if it's going to take you less than five minutes do it right away like those are your getting Mm -hmm. things done basics that's it that's the whole thing um but what Gawande does in this book is go into like why exactly the checklist is actually a really useful tool for everything from making sure you get the right groceries to like safely piloting and landing a plane or, you know, defusing a bomb or performing surgery. Like the checklist is so much more than a list of things you jotted down on a sticky note. And he really digs into like why it can work and also why something that is so simple and like you almost feel like you shouldn't even need it is so important. Mm -hmm. Like how capturing these things, whether it's groceries or a surgery, is just like the most basic starting point and should be for everything because if you can't see it 
you might not remember it. And if you don't remember, like it's not going to get done. And so it sounds so simple, but he has research and he's talked, he's worked with all of these because he himself is from the medical profession. So he's worked with like surgeons, but he's also worked with pilots and, you know, the financial industry and government and goes into all of these case studies about how a simple checklist can transform an entire industry. Um, And so like certainly it can transform how you accomplish your day-to-day tasks, whether they're really simple or really complicated. Um, I am a huge fan of a checklist. I am the kind of person who, like, if I'm like, oh, I didn't write that down, but I just did it, like, I will write it down so I can tick the box. Like, I find it super (laughs) satisfying to tick the box. Um, And so checklists work for me. But if you are skeptical about their use, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. It's so interesting. It's so fascinating. And it just really sort of puts in perspective how something that seems really simple can be so powerful. So again, that is The Checklist Manifesto by Etulka Wande. And before we get any further, I'm going to do our second sponsor, which is KissCon, uh, presented by Avon. It's a weekend affair. Haha, <laughs> give it a fair. Hey. <laughs> um, so yes, they're launching a weekend-long KissCon event featuring over 30 favorite Avon and Harlequin authors. There will be writing panels, author and reader interactive events and games, lively discussion, a movie night, and a giant multi-author signing. It's in Chicago, April 5th. 5th through 7th, and tickets start at $75, Um, and it is the very first that they have ever done. Um, They've got all kinds of authors representing every genre of romance, historical romance with Beverly Jenkins, who we obviously love, Mm -hmm. Eloisa James and Sarah McLean also love, Um, contemporary authors Jill Shalvis, Jennifer Ryan, and Sally Thorne will be there. Um, If you like the paranormal slash SFF edge to your romance, Janine Frost, Jennifer Estep, and Julie Kagawa will be there. So it's a real good lineup already. Um, Again, that's April 5th through 7th at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare in Chicago. And there are one, two, and three day tickets available, as well as a discount hotel block. So hurry up because tickets are going fast. You can register at kisscon.org. If I did not already have plans in April, I might go to that. Kisscon. So good. So good. Love it. Alrighty, my next um, pick is for those of you who have resolved to use your phone less this year, um, and it is Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most Productive and Creative Self by Manoush Zamarati, which was a staff read at Book Riot last year, um, wherein, you know, everyone on the staff read it. That's mm-hmm. what that means. Um, and Manoush is the host of NPR's uh, podcast, Note to Self, their, their tech podcast, and she did a, like a few weeks of experiments um, I think it was in 2015, where she had her listeners try to use their phone less, like assess their technology habits, make a few changes to see if they could get them to use it less. Um, not just for like its own sake, not just because like Luddite technology is bad and okay kind of stuff, but because there is research that constantly being in our phone and not allowing our mind our minds to wander and not allowing ourselves to ever be bored is hampering our creativity. Um, so she turned that into a book, and it is so fascinating uh the ways that like even just not looking at your phone while you're standing in line at the grocery store like those three minutes of letting your brain space out the stuff that you can come up with in those three minutes and this happens to me every time every time I like intentionally don't look at my phone when I'm doing something like you know at the post office or I'm at a park waiting for my kids to finish playing whatever and I just sit there and like get bored like actually get bored 
um, inevitably some problem will be solved. Like it'll just come to me. And, you know, your brain is constantly running these subroutines about your problems and your, you know, your, your work stuff, what to make for dinner tonight, what to do with those leftovers, how to correct my kid when they do that. Um, it, it's always in there, but we never allow those parts of our mind to really wake up because we're constantly looking at using those parts of our brain to like look at Instagram or play dots on the phone or whatever. Um, or whatever, you know, it doesn't even necessarily have to be the phone, the TV, like whatever tech thing that you're using to take up all of your spare moments uh, is, is, is really hindering your ability to, um, to creatively think about the stuff that's happening in your life. So she talks about the research in that, in that respect. And she also gives tips for how to like a very slow, not slow. I think it's like four weeks. It's a program for how to assess how much you're using your phone. First of all, it's a little bit outdated because she talks about like downloading moment and which is an app that tracked your phone usage um, and all of that. But if you have an iPhone, your phone will do that for you now. Um, every Sunday, my phone now gives me an update about how much I've used my screen and like using what apps and like all of that kind of stuff. It's very disheartening. Um, so it'll <laughs> you assess, assess your, uh, I mean, I read on my phone, so whatever. Same. I don't consider it like it's fine. But uh, that number, when it first pops up on Sunday, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> okay, it's fine. I was reading for most of that. Um, you assess how much tech, how much you're using your tech and how. Like, are you just mindlessly playing some game before bed? Are you using it for like, is it mostly Google Maps? Like what, what exactly are you using your phone for? Um, and then ways to curb that usage. And reading this book is really, uh, really completely changed how I use my phone. I don't have social media on my phone except for Instagram. And I only really use that to talk to people, like to DM some of my friends. We have like a group Instagram DM thread that like is too valuable for me to lose. And that's the only reason I've kept Instagram, but I don't have Facebook or Twitter or anything else, uh, any other social media on my phone. I leave my phone like in a, on a different floor from where I am most of the time. Like it just completely it, like, gave me permission to not care about what is happening on my phone 99% of the time. And it's very freeing. Um, and we'll give you, if you're like just starting out or you're start, just starting to get frustrated with how much you use your phone, this is a great place to start. So um, it's Bored and Brilliant by Manoush Zamarati. Yeah, that book changed how I ride public transportation because mm. I always, right, I read on mm-hmm. public transportation, generally speaking. But now if it's going to be like a less than 20 minute ride, like it'll just be like I'm taking the trolley to 30th Street Station or like, you know, I have like a short you know, little jog on the bus to the grocery store or whatever, I will not read anymore. Like I Mm. I will actually just sit there and stare. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it really is a game changer. It's astonishing how big of a difference that can make. Um, But yeah, it's something else, something else. Um, Let's see. I'm assuming, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that lots of folks have political intentions and goals for the coming year. Um, And so I just wanted to take a moment to remind us all of Hope in the Dark by Rebecca Solnit because, man, the news cycle just continues to be the worst on like a daily basis. And it's really hard. It's really hard for me to hang on to perspective and hope um, in particular and to just feel like nothing is ever going to be enough. You know, like that is the, that is the hardest hurdle, emotional hurdle for me when it comes to politics is just feeling that like, Nothing is ever going to be enough. But it's yeah. that's just not true. And we know that from history. Um, and Rebecca Solnit in Hope in the Dark reminds us of, like, how we got where we are, 
what, you know, struggles we have overcome and like what it can look like to move forward. And I just find that so helpful and necessary for my brain because otherwise, you know, it's just a pit of despair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's, you know, it's, it is an essay collection. It's got some updated, um, the edition that I have was, came out in 2016 and it has some updated bits um, from, as you might guess, that election cycle. Um, but, you know, it's not going to tell you, like, how to call your representatives and, like, you know, how to be more involved in your local political scene. Um, for that, there is the Internet. There's lots mm-hmm. and lots of great tools on the Internet. And um, and so, you know, this book really is just uh, a way to remind yourself that, like, people have struggled throughout history politically and some things do make a difference and here they are and here's how, you know, you can move forward in your brain so that you can then move forward in the actual world and hopefully accomplish the goals that you have for your political involvement in the coming years. Um, so yeah, I just feel like we could all use a dose of perspective, especially around this time of year, but then also in the constant news cycle, like this book is here for you. So again, that is Hope in the Dark by Rebecca Solnit. Alrighty, my last one is for those of you who have resolved to be less of a jerk in 2019, (laughs) which is a real resolution that I made last year. (laughs) That was hard for me to keep. It's hard to keep that that resolution in a um, in this political climate. Mm. I gotta tell you, but I will say that this book is woo. There is it's heavy on the woo. It's like an eight on the woo scale. There's no sage, but there is tapping, which I didn't know anything about. Tapping. Yeah, it's. I didn't do, I skipped that part. Because that was like, that's too woo for me. That's too woo for me. Um, But the rest of it is very helpful. And that is Judgment Detox by Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, Other caveat, just caveats on caveats on caveats. Other caveat about this book is that it is pretty white feministy. Like she does talk about her, a lot of her examples are political. So a lot of her examples are about how in this political climate, she's learned to reach out to Trump supporters to forgive them for blah, 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 whatever nonsense, like whatever. Um, I almost put the book down a few times because of that stuff. Um, but I didn't, and I'm glad that I didn't, I I just pretend like that part doesn't exist. Uh, but if you are in a place where you're like not ready to think nice thoughts about Trump supporters, skip the book. Um, but if you can handle it, the other information is super, super helpful. If you really want to stop being or be less judgmental as a person in the world. Um, so the, the thing that she's coming at, the perspective that she's coming at judgment from is that, you know, we, we judge people because of our own, you know, internal stuff, which is obvious and true. But where do you, what do you do with that? Like, yeah, I'm probably being judgmental of that girl's hair because I have own feelings about my own hair or, you know, silly example, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but then like, what do you do with it? And she teaches you what to do with that. Like, the first exercise is to write down the ways that you are the most judgmental. And then like she takes you through steps to figure out what about your own life is causing you to like knee jerk judge people about the things that they're doing Mm. and how to work on those things in your life and how to separate yourself from what other people are doing with the work that you need to do. And like what wound, because it's almost always from like something that's happened to you um, or some you know, some lie that you've been told about yourself or whatever, uh, or some message you've internalized, like what, what is going on inside of you that has made you judgmental about, you know, what other women wear, or I don't know why I'm doing like hair and what other, I was just at the gym. So that's probably like, I'm really focused on the way people look. I don't know. Um, or the, maybe the way somebody speaks or somebody in your neighborhood 
who you don't trust because of whatever reason, because, I don't know, their car is junky. You know, like, where is all of that coming from? She really helps you get to the core of where those things are coming from and then how to get over it. <laughs> like, not get over, you know, your issues necessarily, but how to um, dismantle that cycle of I am wounded, I have feelings about this particular issue, so I need drug lash out at people um, who exhibit that in their own lives, even though it's got nothing to do with what they're actually doing or how they're like affecting me. It's more about my own self. Um, so I found that really helpful. Again, I will say not helpful when talking about like actual bigots in the world. I'm like super fine with judging those people and I will continue to. And like, I don't feel any conviction about that whatsoever, like not at all. Um, so you can really pick and choose <laughs> uh, as you can with any book that you're reading, um, what is useful for you. But that process of like figuring out why I'm being judgmental about XYZ and why I'm being a jerk about it to other people um, and how to be more generous initially in your first reaction to someone um, when that's not necessarily how you want to act. I found really, really useful. So that's The Judgment Detox by Gabrielle Bernstein. Nice. Um, my last book is about a lot of things. It is Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. And the subtitle is Achieving More by Doing Less, which sounds right like productivity, which it is. But it is also about relationships and um, sort of specifically women in relationships with men. Um, and it is also about being a mother who has ambitions of like C-suite level, uh, you know, career. So it's, it's so many things. It's one of the last books that I finished in 2018. And y'all, I am obsessed with this book. I'm like gonna petition for it to be the next staff read at Book Riot. I think everybody should read it because it is so good on sorting through the messages that like society has sent and has programmed into traditionally women about gender roles, both at work and at home and why, like there's been a lot of research about the, you know, second shift and emotional labor and like the mommy track and all of these things um, that can keep women out of executive positions. And then, you know, like Sheryl Sandberg uh, blurbed the cover of this book and I almost didn't pick it up because of that, because I have some feelings about <laughs> yeah. Sheryl Sandberg. Yes. Um, and, but like Tiffany Dufu, she is a woman of color. She comes from a background where she like had to, you know, really strive to get where she is now. Um, and she is really honest about like how she, for example, cannot outsource her housework like some people you know who have enough money and enough whatever can outsource the things that they don't have time to do around the house but she's not one of them even though she and her husband both make good money um she talks about when her husband was out of work she talks about her first day back after maternity leave like trying to pump breast milk in a bathroom stall and like bursting into tears and not being able to like give her presentation because she was just so freaked out by everything that she had to accomplish both like as an executive at this company and then as a mother and as a wife and as a person who wanted her home to be clean and tidy and well organized um 
And she digs in through her own personal uh, experiences and then through research into like how she really had to learn to drop the ball, as the title says, and like just let go of certain expectations and also certain beliefs about how things needed to get done and like find a way to bring her husband into it so that like it's not that things don't get done and it's not that like he's lazy and incompetent and she has to do everything. It's like, no, no, what does a true partnership look like? Like what and what messages have men absorbed that have led them to do things like come home and sit directly on the couch rather than like checking to see if the mail needs opening or if, you know, whatever. Like there are it works both ways. This like toxic structure that society has you know set up over the courses of many generations and millennia. Um, And like, how do you begin to dismantle that in a way that's not accusatory, that doesn't like typecast anybody like a sitcom marriage. Like, how do you make that about everybody pulling for the same goal together based on their skills and interests and abilities? Um, And she talks, what I also love about this book is she is a woman in a straight relationship. She talks about queer relationships. She gives some examples of queer relationships that also fall along these lines and some that don't. Um, She acknowledges just like, you know, the, the... the class strictures on this and, you know, race strictures on this and how all of these different intersecting things come to play in what is basically like she just wants to like get to the gym, get enough sleep and continue to succeed in her ambitious career goals and be a good mother and like feel like her house is, you know, a safe and lovely place to go. Like it's, 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 she's just so good. I'm like getting articulate, <laughs> inarticulate about it um, because I just have never seen anybody phrase it this way and she refers to a lot of the other research that's been done around this but the way she brings it all together I think is singular I haven't seen anybody do it this way before and I just find it like mind-blowing and so helpful thinking about like how I interact with my male co-workers how I've interacted in relationships before like what things that I just refuse to let anybody else do and why am I refusing to do that? Like, what, what, is, what am I getting out of this? What am I giving myself to do that doesn't actually need to be done? Like, what can I hand off? What, can, what does it nobody need to do? You know, like, these are all questions that I think a lot of us have considered, but it's hard to find a way to break it all out and figure out, like, what is really important. And she does things like priority exercises, both for you personally and if you're in a relationship, like how to do, you know, priorities as a couple. Um, and, you know, there's really nice concrete tools in here as well as these personal stories and then this research so it just comes at it from all of these great angles and yeah I think this is an amazing book I think I think men should definitely read it Mm. and like I and I think women should read it for obvious reasons but I think if we all read this book we would all understand so much more about how the work world is and how we could change that in the positive ways. So that is my pitch for Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. That's our show. And that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. We wish you the best of luck with your New Year's intentions and resolutions. Uh, If you would like to leave a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love to see it, and it helps other folks to find the show. Um, Thank you so much to today's sponsors for making the show possible. You can find us on social media. I am on Twitter, and I'm giving Pillowfort a try as my Tumblr (laughs) alternative. Uh, It's Jen IRL, Jen with two N's, IRL. I'm on Instagram. It's 
at I'm Amanda Nelson, but it is mostly pictures of my dog. So, A plus. give us that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next time. 